With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the banks of the Charles River, this is Reporters Roundup. Bringing you the stories, making news right now on WBZ News Radio 1030. WBZ News Time 1230, 29 degrees in Boston. Good afternoon, I'm Rod Fritz, WBC News. Welcome to Reporters Roundup on this Monday, January 8th, 2018. Here are the stories making news right now. This is Carl Stevens at Suffolk Superior Court for the sentencing of two men convicted in the shooting death of Boston youth worker Don Jaffier. Stories about women were front and center at the Golden Globes Sunday night. I'm Jason Nathanson. I'm Chris Farmer. It's Georgia and Alabama for all the college football marbles. Some shopping malls may be in even worse shape than you think. I'm Mark Mills for Bloomberg Business. Dow Jones, 30 industrials down 27 points. WBZ News Time, 1231. This portion of the news is brought to you by Toyota's official website for deals. Buy at Toyota.com. Well, the courtroom was packed at Suffolk Superior Court this morning for the sentencing of two men convicted in the shooting death of Boston youth worker Don Jaffier. This was a troubling high-profile case, if you remember. The young woman was an innocent bystander shot while attending the Caribbean Festival Parade back in 2014. WBZ's Carl Stevens joins me here in the studio, and you were in the courtroom this morning, Carl. Yep. The judge heard from a couple of Dawn's relatives. That's right. Her father, Ian Jaffier, and her brother, Ian Jaffier Jr. And, Rod, I've covered so many of these over the years, these sentencing hearings, these victim impact statements, and you never know how they're going to go. Sometimes a family member will absolutely lose it mm-hmm. on the stand. That was not the case today. Ian Jaffier, the father, spoke in even-tempered terms to the judge, talking about how much his daughter meant to him. He called her his superstar. But he also talked about the epidemic of violence in the urban community. And and then he was followed by his son, who had a similar temperament, very even-tempered, just a young man, maybe 20, 21 years old. And he said to the judge, I hope that someone will take a look at this case and think twice before they pick up a gun. So what they did was they took their grief a step further in the hope that what they feel is something that another family does not have to feel. So while the courtroom was packed, you're absolutely right about that. There were no outbursts Mm. in there. This is a case that's over three years long. This family has lived with a lot of grief for a lot of time, and they've done it together. And afterwards, the father talked to us, reporters in the hallway, and he and his son both said this brings some level of closure to, to what we've been through. And the son talked about this being justice. Well, and you you mentioned about the gun violence, and uh, we talk about it all the time. Yeah. Unfortunately, as we know, a lot of people aren't listening. 
and the gun violence continues. And I know DA Dan Conley was there as well because this was a high priority for him. Yeah, and an interesting legal case because keep in mind, these were two men, members of rival gangs. They were shooting. It was only Williams who fired the shot. But because both men were involved under the law, relatively new law approved by the state Supreme Court, both could be charged and both were charged and convicted of murder. And the district attorney made it clear that this won't be the last time that they go that route if they have to. Now, their sentence, that's life without parole? Life without parole. It's mandatory. Mandatory, yep. You're listening to Reporters Roundup on WBC. And we've all heard of e-commerce by now. But there are a few places out there that probably wish they never heard of it. Joining us from Bloomberg Business is Mark Mills. So uh, what's the big effect here, uh, Mark? Because, I mean, a lot of us like to order online. Well, we do, and that category, Rod, has been growing very rapidly. And a lot of the you know brick-and-mortar stores are getting into the e-commerce as well, so they're trying to offset those losses. But uh, it's the shopping malls that we're looking at today on Bloomberg in this report that really says shopping malls may be in deeper trouble than you think, some of them at least. We're all aware when we hear that a Macy's or a JCPenney is leaving a mall, it's a pretty big deal. But there's a whole category of the smaller shops, they call them in the industry, in-line stores, and they have been closing very rapidly as well. And many of them close without any announcement, so we don't really hear about it. They just let their leases expire and poof, they're gone and... You know, up go the boards uh, waiting for somebody else to get in there. And those little stores um, have a lot of effect on, you know, the economy in the local area. They have a lot of effect at the malls because, oddly enough, the big stores like a Macy's or a JCPenney doesn't pay the mall owner that much rent relative to the space they're occupying because they're seen as the anchor tenants who bring in all the people. It's the smaller stores that actually pay a higher rent to the mall owners, so when the shops like, you know, Wet Seal, The Limited, Aeropostale, Stride Right, when these stores leave, uh, it, it creates a big hole not only in the building, but also uh, in the uh, bank account for the mall owners. Oh, for sure. All right, Mark Mills at Bloomberg Business. Thanks for being with us on Reporters Roundup. Well, it was quite a sight this morning on Congress Street. A water pipe broke, and that sent water cascading down the street. And with these below freezing temperatures, you know what that meant. Joining us on Reporters Roundup on the Ring Central News Line, WBZ's Mike Macklin, who was there uh, right now. So, what's it look like now, Mike, and what's going on? Well, Rod, it's just one big mess. Congress Street still closed as they continue to uh, try to assess the source of the problem and get it corrected. It's believed to have been a feeder pipe to a hydrant that burst with the changing temperatures, sending water cascading, as you said, all down Congress Street. This is the stretch of Congress between Boston City Hall and Fannell Hall. It caused the city to shut down Congress Street from State Street all the way over to New Sudbury Street. And so this has caused quite a traffic nightmare in the area as it's a busy street with not only cars but also pedestrians. They continue to work to get that pipe repaired. They're hoping to have it done by 6 tonight, but no guarantees the job's going to be done by 6. It could go longer. Congress Street is a very busy street in the afternoon commute. It's going to cause a traffic nightmare with folks headed home today. So if at all possible, you should avoid this area. Fortunately, if there is a silver lining to this, we're out of the single digits. The temperatures are up in the 30s today. Otherwise, all that water that uh, flowed out of the pipe this morning would now be, be, we'd be one big sheet of ice. 
So uh, small things to be thankful for, but a lot of work still to be done. Indeed. Mike Macklin down there in front of Faneuil Hall, between the City Hall and Faneuil Hall Congress Street, the water pipe break still causing problems. And we'll have updates on this throughout the afternoon with Mike on WBZ. The 75th Golden Globe Awards handed out last night in Hollywood. Joining us from L.A., ABC News entertainment correspondent Jason Nathanson. And Jason, we talked about this just last Friday when we were previewing these awards, and we expected politics and sexual harassment to highlight the evening, and it was. It really was. From the opening monologue of Seth Meyers with his jokes about it, to the first acceptance speech from Nicole Kidman, who talked about it, to the last speech from Frances McDormand, who won for three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, Best Actress. She talked about it as well. To the middle, where Oprah Winfrey, who got the Lifetime Achievement Award, I mean, her speech was really the one that rose above all others. It was really the topic of the night. Uh, all the stars who took the stage, all the female stars at least, wore black in solidarity with victims of abuse and assault. Uh, it really was the topic of the night. And a lot of people this morning, believe it or not, Jason, are actually saying Oprah should run for president in 2020. Yes, Oprah 2020 was a trending hashtag, Oprah for president as well. I mean, we've heard that before, but after last night's speech, uh, talking about speaking your truth being the most powerful tool that we all have, Hopefully that no other woman will ever have to say me too again. I mean, it was really, it got several standing ovations. It really captivated not only the people who were in the room last night, but people watching around the country and the world. And not to take anything away from what was said last night, but are the awards shows ever going to be fun again? <laughs> you know, the Golden Globes is usually seen as the most fun of the award shows. And I think there was a lot of fun to be had last night. In, in, it's okay to have a little bit of messaging, you know, a little bit of vegetables with your dessert as well. Um, you know, this kind of started uh, a year or two ago with all the politics and President Trump and the award shows really became a lot about that. Last night it was around this very serious issue that I think needed to be addressed, and uh, I think we're going to see that continue through award season. So for right now, you know, if, if we're going to see a lot of that uh, continue through the Oscars in March. And we haven't even talked about the big winners last night. So quickly, who are they? Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri was the big winner of the night, a surprise winner in the best drama category uh, for movies. Of the movies there, I don't think anybody thought it would win. Uh, you know, Of the five, it was probably had the least chance, uh, but it came away the winner, meaning that it's got a little buzz and a little momentum going into Oscar nominations, which are coming out in a couple of weeks. I don't know that it means it's going to you know, anything for it when it comes to the actual Oscars in terms of Best Picture. Uh, but Frances McDormand, uh, who's talked about before as a possible winner in the Best Actress category for the Oscar, she won last night, and she definitely has some momentum now. On the Ring Central Newsline from the AceTicket.com Sports Studio here with WBZ's Chris Fama, uh, checking sports, of course, and uh, national championship game tonight in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, this is a big one. You know, you've got yes, the it is. Alabama Crimson Tide, winners of four titles since 2009. They've been in the championship game three consecutive years, having lost last year in the closing moments to Clemson, one of the great yeah, games in college awesome. football championship history. And then you've got a Georgia team that hasn't really been all that relevant in the last decade or two, quite frankly. They had some good teams 
when Mark Richt was the head coach. He's now in Miami, but they always seem to stumble. They always had that one loss that just wouldn't propel them into the championship game. Now under second-year head coach Kirby Smart, they're doing the right things. Now, who do you think is going to win? I think it's going to be Alabama. Uh, they're just so good, although Minka Fitzpatrick, their outstanding linebacker, has been dealing with some injuries. That could be mm. a big difference maker in this game, but Alabama was just so dominant. Oh, absolutely. In the play-in game, in the semifinal, in that victory over Clemson. I, I wonder if Georgia can be that good, but Georgia was outstanding in the second half and in overtime, speaking of great football games, in that victory over <laughs> Oklahoma. And with nothing else being going on, it's, it'll be nice to watch tonight. There's nothing going on. The Celtics are over in London. They're gallivanting. They'll have one game in the next 10 days, although they need the break. And then you've got the Bruins in the mandatory NHL bye week that they now have. And uh, yeah, they won't be in action again until Saturday. Chris Fama, WBZ Sports. Thank you, Chris. You know, it's been a couple of years since North Korea and South Korea talked face-to-face. But that's going to change tomorrow. Just weeks ahead of the Winter Olympic Games, the two countries will meet to talk about North Korean athletes attending the Games. Joining us on Reporters Roundup, ABC News correspondent Luis Martinez. So, Luis, where will these talks take place? They're going to be at Panmunjom, which is the Peace Village. That's that location right there on the DMZ, the demilitarized zone between North Korea and South Korea. You may recognize it as those blue wooden buildings where North Korean soldiers face off every day. 24 hours a day with South Korean and uh, American soldiers. Uh, it's called the Peace Village, and it's where meetings take place between North Korea and South Korea uh, to discuss armistice issues. But in this case, they're only going to be talking about whether North Korean um, uh, athletes can participate in the upcoming Winter Olympics being held in South Korea. Any chance that other topics might come up at this meeting? You know, we're being uh, steered away from that concept. Everybody's just saying that this is only about the Winter Olympics. Now, what develops after that? Because, you know, these are the first talks that are being held between these two countries in more than two years, so there's some significance in that, particularly given that last year we had the whole ratcheting up of tensions uh, between uh, the U.S. and South Korea, um, excuse me, the U.S. and North Korea, uh, because North Korea's missile uh, launches and that hydrogen test that they conducted back in, uh, in September. Um, so this is being seen as an opportunity, and whether um, they, they are fruitful, maybe they could lead to something more in the future, but baby steps, I think, is, uh, is the term that we're hearing. Well, you got to take baby steps before you can walk and run, and at least this is a step in the right direction. I think that is. I mean, we heard from President Trump a little bit of optimism this weekend about the idea of these talks. Uh, but don't forget, President Trump has in the past uh, really been critical of the notion uh, from his Secretary of State Rex Tillerson about even the idea of talking to North Korea, that it's a waste of time. But this weekend, he he made it sound like uh, talking, that, that these talks are a good idea, and that he's optimistic that maybe something could happen in the future. Um, but uh, you're right. Uh, other officials just kind of downplaying it right now. Well, let's wait and see what actually develops from these Olympic stocks. It is called the Consumer Electronics Show, and it started today in Las Vegas. Lasts all week until Friday. Geeks united at this convention in Vegas. Joining us there from Las Vegas, of course, on the Ring Central Newsline, CBS News technology consultant Larry Maggot. So what do they have that is new that is the talk of the town out there, Larry? Well, it's not so much new, but people are talking about all of these speaker systems, these Echo and Google Home, Alexa, and 
uh, Siri, all this voice activation, just about every product you can imagine from cars to showers can be controlled by voice now. And that's just probably the most common thing that I've seen so far at this show in terms of some of the previous, uh, the show actually gets underway Tuesday, but some of the parties and other events I've attended, obviously there's going to be a lot of automotive technology. In fact, as we speak, I'm standing out in front of the Toyota press conference where they're talking about their autonomous strategy and there'll be all the major automakers are going to be here. And of course, we'll see a lot of big TVs. We always see big TVs, but we'll see voice controlled TVs this year, as well as not just 4K TVs from everyone, but even 8K and 10K TVs for people who want even higher resolution. Now, there's a crazy question for you, Larry, but is there anything for the radio industry that is unveiled at these shows anymore? You know, it's funny you say that. I'm in the radio industry, and I would look around. Well, I mean, what I usually see are USB microphones, and of course I buy every one I can get my hands on looking for the ultimate good USB microphone. Um, For a while there, they were pushing, um, what is that? I can't even remember what it's called, the HD radio. Uh, I don't see much about HD radio as much as I used to, but you used to see that being pushed. Uh, Beyond that, podcasting is huge, as you know, and that's part of our industry. It's just another way to deliver the same product. And so you'll see conversations about podcasting and podcasters here. And then you'll see me here, uh, you know, on terrestrial radio, still still fighting the good fight. Oh, exactly. But the, the fun times at the parties, though, isn't it? Yeah, there are parties. When I was younger, I would stay up till 3 or 4 in the morning. But that was before I started doing East Coast Drive from Las Vegas, which means 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. having to get on the radio. So I tend to go to bed a little earlier than I used to. <laughs> but yeah, there are big parties and people spend or companies spend fortunes. I mean, I, I bet you... Uh, companies spend more on a single party than most of us will earn in our entire lifetimes. Oh, my goodness. CBS News Technology Consultant Larry Maggot in Las Vegas. Thanks, Larry. Reporters Roundup on this Monday, January 8, 2018, is now in the books. Over there, Master Control, we call him the goo. He's really Brian Antonelli, incognito. Kate Gallagher is our editor, and I'm Rod Fritz. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.